0: Uh, Would you take the Word of God with me this evening and turn to the book of Exodus and uh, chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, we are uh, taking a look at uh, the Ten Commandments. We established a number of uh, principles and truths that we must receive uh, from those commandments and one of the points of emphasis, and we know that because of the teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that He had to dispel the wrong notions about the Ten Commandments. They had been interpreted in the letter of the law, and the spirit of the law had been completely forgotten. It had been neglected, and there was uh, no spirit anymore. As a matter of fact, many uh, rules were added to the law that Jesus said uh, made the law of none effect. And so the concern that we have as we look at those commandments is to think not just about uh, the words that we read, but what spirit is communicated in those commandments And that's really what we want to emphasize. We will see later when it comes to the commandments with regards to man relationship to man. Uh, We know that the letter says, Thou shalt not murder. But Jesus says, The spirit of the law is thou shalt not hate. When we read, Thou shalt not commit adultery, the spirit of the law is thou shalt not lust. And so the law, when Jesus Christ comes on the scene, has been elevated And the spirit of the law has to be understood. And that's what we want to to focus on. We would do a great injustice to the Ten Commandments if we just consider them in their letter and not the spirit uh, that is communicated. By the way, uh, as believers, we don't serve in the oldness of the letter, but we serve God in newness of spirit. And so if that's the case, then we have to have an understanding about the the spirit of the law and not just the letter. We've looked at the first three commandments over the last few weeks. We will look at the fourth commandment tonight, but let me remind you of what we've looked at so far. We mentioned that the first commandment is an emphasis on the object of worship. God is to be worshipped exclusively. The first commandment says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So it is to be God and God exclusive. God is to be the exclusive object of worship. And so the principle of the command is don't elevate other gods to the level of God. Uh, God and Him alone. We also mention that the second commandment is the manner of worship. Uh, In other words, God is to be exalted. God is not to be depicted by artists or sculptors. Uh, And so while the first commandment is don't bring other gods up to God's level, the second commandment is don't bring God down to man's level by making a graven image. Don't bring God down. God is to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. You remember the woman at the well She says, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. It was about a mountain. It was about a temple. It was about about all things physical. But we know that when the temple was first instituted, Solomon in his prayer says that the temple cannot contain God, that God is higher than the heavens, and no temple made by the hands of men can contain God. Uh, And so that's the manner of worship. Uh, And the third commandment, is uh, concerns the sincerity of worship that uh, while the first commandment is God is to be exclusive the second command God is to be exalted the third command is God is to be esteemed don't take his name in vain and we mention here that God is not to be spoken of lightly and I mentioned in that command that uh, the idea of the command thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain We're talking about even when we come together to the house of God and we sing and we pray in the name of God and we preach in the name of God that we shouldn't do so and say His name lightly. God is to be worshipped in sincerity and thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness. It's easy for us To come to church and to get into rut and to open the hymnals and to sing the hymns, and we speak the name of God, and our minds are so far removed from God. So, the focus is on the was on the sincerity of worship. So we have the object of of our worship, God, exclusively. The manner of our worship, God, is to be exalted. Don't bring him down to man. He is to be worshiped in spirit and truth. The sincerity of our worship, God is to be esteemed. And this fourth commandment uh, focuses on the importance and the priority of worship. God, here is the thrust of this commandment God is to be essential to our lives. He is to be essential, He's to be exclusive. He is to be exalted, He is to be esteemed, but He is also to be essential. God is to be the priority of our lives. Amen? amen. I thought I would hear some <laughs> more amen there. God is to be the priority of our lives. Amen. So I think the fourth commandment we might say, put it this way, don't forget God. Don't forget God. God is to be worshipped, here it is, consistently and seriously. God is to be worshipped consistently and seriously. So let's begin reading. Would you stand with me together? Uh, Exodus chapter 20, we'll begin reading in verse 1, and we'll work our way down to verse 11 to the fourth commandment. So Exodus 20, beginning in verse 1. And the Word of God says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain." Six day or remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is. Within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I'd like to preach this evening on Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the things that we learn through those commandments. Lord, help us to be concerned with the spirit of the law. So Lord, we pray that you would give us understanding, specifically as we look at this fourth commandment, and help us to see how we might make this applicable to us today. Uh, Lord, help us to always, always seek for the application that must be made in our lives as we consider the spirit of the law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. A uh, parallel passage that we will look at in just a moment of the Ten Commandments is reiterated by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 5. We'll go there in just a moment, but every one of those Ten Commandments are spoken of by Moses as a reminder. Remember, it's going to be a whole new generation. The generation that was um, delivered from Egyptian bondage, anybody that was, um, except for Caleb and Joshua, that was 21 years old and older, uh, passed away in the wilderness, and so a new generation comes in, and when the new generation comes in, those commandments are brought back at the forefront in Deuteronomy chapter 5. As we think about, though, the immediate application of this commandment, I, I do want to make uh, some preliminary statements that uh, this is not a message to uh, talk about how um, we do not worship the Lord on Saturday. We worship the Lord on the first day of the week, Sunday. Uh, we could go to the New Testament and spend some time talking about the pattern that we find that uh, they met on the first day of the week. And uh, we read in the book of Revelation that uh, it is called the Lord's Day. It is the day that He rose from the dead. And we see in pattern in New Testament times that, uh, and even in early church history, that they met on the first day of the week. Uh, that's a clear and evident. And the goal of this message, and it's not really to talk about that, the goal of the message as it's been for all the other messages in the Ten Commandments is to show the spirit of the law. And certainly when we make application, I will make reference to the Lord's Day and how we have set uh, Sunday, the first day of the week apart, and we come together and we have Sunday school and uh, we have a Sunday morning meeting, we have a Sunday evening meeting, we even meet during the week on Wednesday evening, Uh, and uh, certainly we we don't uh, take the position that uh, the Sunday is kind of our new Sabbath where we observe the rules of the Sabbath, that uh, we'll see later that they were not supposed to even pick up sticks on the Sabbath, and we'll see that when a man did that, he, he was stoned to death. We understand we are not under, uh, when we think about not being under the law, is specifically not under the consequences that were carried out under Old Testament Israel, as far as if they violated the law, they would, uh, they would be put to death, in the sense of they would violate the Sabbath day, they were put to death. And so when we think about Sunday, we should not have the mindset that, uh, okay, that we, this is a, a, a new Sabbath. No, Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is our Sabbath. So it's not that we've moved the day and we still observe the Sabbath and all the rules of the Sabbath. We, we, we don't do that. So I, I'm not here to, to this message is not about talking about that. I've, I've preached on it before. I, I dealt with the cult of the seven-day Adventists, and I, and I dealt with why we, we don't meet on Saturday. Now, we could meet on Saturday, and there'd be nothing wrong with that. But the point is, we, we don't observe the Sabbath in the Old Testament sense. But we are concerned about the spirit of the law. Are we not? And this commandment is one of the Ten Commandments, and we can't just take this commandment out and say, well, the Sabbath is not for us, it's for Israel, and so therefore, let's just skip over this one. No, there is an intent in this commandment. There is a spirit about this commandment that God wants us to be concerned about because this commandment is, about, is not about man, it's about God. Jesus would later say in His ministry that um, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the idea of the Sabbath being instituted is for the benefit of man. And so we need to understand what is the benefit and understand the spirit of the law. Now let me begin as we look at this commandment that this commandment is going to be reiterated again and again, not only in the book of Exodus, the book of Leviticus, and also the book of Deuteronomy, and quite severely in the sense of if you break this commandment, the punishment will be severe. Uh, Go with me to uh, Exodus chapter 31. Let's see here if we can... Identify the, the judgment and the severity of the judgment that would be inflicted upon those who would break this fourth commandment. Notice Exodus chapter 31 and verse 14 and 15. The Bible says, Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days uh, may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Now, immediately we might say, well, that's quite severe judgment. Now, we know that as we looked at Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We remember that there was a woman of Israel who had a son. She was married to an Egyptian and her son blasphemed the name of God and he was stoned to death. We find that this commandment was also violated in the book of Numbers in chapter 15. If you go with me to Numbers chapter 15, notice when this commandment was violated, what happened? Numbers chapter 15 and uh, notice with me verse 32. The word of God says, And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him in ward, because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. So immediately we might say that this command is not not to be taken lightly. It is quite an important commandment, Because the next time that this commandment is spoken, those who violate this commandment are commanded to be put to death. And indeed in the book of Numbers, those who did not observe the Sabbath, and somebody uh, did something as simple as picking up sticks, but I, I do want to emphasize, it's not about the sticks. It's about the fact that this man did not consider God. He... In his mind and in his heart, he deemed God to be unimportant. And the issue here is not about the sticks, it's about the heart. It's about the heart of man. That must always be emphasized. If we go back to Exodus chapter 20, I want us to just examine this commandment and and just think about the words and their simplicity so that we may capture Uh, Lord willing with the help of the Lord the the spirit of the law and let's just look at those words and and what do those words mean so that we can think about what is God trying to teach his people again about himself just like all the other commandments thou shalt have have no other gods before me it tells us something about God Uh, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image it tells us something about God thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain it tells us something about God And this commandment also tells us something about God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Let's think about the first word. The first word is remember. That's how the commandment begins. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, The word here remember, we think about the Sabbath day was a day to be remembered in the sense for years to come. We think the word remember literally means to mark, to be mindful of. Uh, we might uh, say, uh, my wife sometimes, she um, sends me over to the store to grab a few items. And uh, early on when we were married, um, I'm just not too good with remembering. And so I would go to the store and I would come back with groceries And my wife would look at it and say, I didn't ask for any of that. I asked for this, this, and this. And I might say that I I didn't remember, uh, I did not mark in my mind, I was not mindful of the things that were required for me to get. But when we think about the word remember, the word remember does two things, if we think about it. Because the word remember points us both backwards, but it also points us forward, does it not? Because the word remember in itself basically says something has happened in the past that we ought to remember, and so from this day forward, we're looking at forward, we ought to continue to remember What has happened in the past and we ought to keep remembering in the future. We need to mark something. We need to be mindful of something. And so we might say here, remember means this, never forget. Never forget. Now some may ask, so pastor, do you still go to the store? I still do, but I do something now different. I say to my wife, would you text me the list? so that I can remember. Remember means to never forget. He says in verse 9 and 10, he says, Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do uh, all thy work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within that gate. And he says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the Sabbath day. So notice we do two things here. We look in the past at the seventh day when the Lord sanctified it, or He hallowed that day. He rested from His work. But now we look at that past moment, but we look forward from this day forward, we ought to never forget to remember this day. Now, that word remember, the uh, antonym to the word is the word forget. My wife would say, if I go to the store and come back with a total different list of things, she would say, did you forget forget? You did not remember. Did you forget? As we look throughout the Bible, and then we make the statement here very clearly, that the tendency of man, the tendency of you and I, is to forget God. Now you say, well, Pastor, I'm in church today. I haven't forgotten God. Uh, But I'm saying in our our lives, we, we can go through the motions, we can go Day to day about in our lives, still be Christians, still call them ourselves Christians, but we forget God in the sense that God is not in our thoughts. By the way, we can come to church and God not be in our thoughts. We can forget God. Uh, we cannot have Him in our minds and in our hearts. And so when we think about the idea of remembering uh, the Sabbath was instituted for this purpose, For the health of the soul. You see, when we look at these commandments, it's not about the, the, the letter. It's not about the structure. It's about what man needs. How man needs to view God. How man needs to interact with God. How man needs to think about God and how man can basically, according to the Sabbath... Order his life so that his life revolves around God. Our lives as Christians ought to revolve around God. Uh, that's the spirit of the Sabbath, of, the, of, of this fourth commandment. The spirit of the keeping the Sabbath as a holy day. The spirit of that commandment is organize your life. Remember to organize your life around God. That God ought to be a priority in your life. You see, the tendency of man is to forget God. If you go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy. So the book of Deuteronomy, there's a a whole new generation. This is the generation that is going to go into the promised land. And so in Deuteronomy, we'll look at uh, chapter 8 in just a moment. But if you remember, Deuteronomy chapter 5 is where he referred back to those Ten Commandments. He reiterates those commandments to this next generation. And if we go over to chapter 8, we could read all, we could read all, we don't have time, but we could read all of chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. But we come to chapter 8, and here is what he says. Notice Deuteronomy chapter 8. Notice with me verse 6. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. Now, Now, notice here, uh, when he says, Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord, he just said in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments. Uh, as a matter of fact, I go back, notice in, uh, back in uh, chapter 5, let's look at just the commandment that we're focusing on this evening. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, "'but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. "'In it thou shalt not do any work, "'thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, "'nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, "'nor thine ox, nor thy ass, nor any of thy cattle, "'nor thy stranger that is within thy gate.'" that thy uh, thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee uh, out thence through a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. So here's the commandment that's reiterated, and now we get to chapter 8 and verse 6, and he says, keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Now, why would he say, keep the commandments? What is the tendency of man? Why why does he say again, through the book of Deuteronomy, again and again, keep the commandments in focus. Keep the commandments in focus. Why? Here it is. Here's the reason why. Notice with me, verse 7. For the Lord, Deuteronomy 8, 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. It sounds like a pretty good land, does it not? Now he says, keep the commandments. Why? Because when you get to the land and you see all the blessing of God and you see all the fruit and all the things that God has promised you, here's what he says. Verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which He hath given thee. Beware that thou... What's the word? Forget... Not the Lord thy God. Notice, in not keeping His commandments and His judgments and His statutes which I command thee this day, Last, when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiply and all that thou hast is multiply, then thine heart... What is God concerned about? When He says, keep the commandments, lest you forget God. Keep the commandments because I want your heart. I want your heart. It's not about, it's never been about the letter of the law. It's always been about the heart. The heart. Then, verse 14, thine heart be lifted up and thou, here it is, forget The Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth uh, water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and and the might of mine hands hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt, notice, remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. He says if you forget God, this is going to happen. You see the commandments, the point I'm making here. That the commandments, is it's not about some outward observation to keep the Sabbath as holy. Not to say, okay, well now it's a Sabbath, let's just go through the motions. No, no. God wants to keep uh, them to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Why? Because He wants their hearts. He knows. God knows the tendency of man. And by the way, He knows our tendency today. Human nature has not changed from the very beginning. We tend to forget God. Uh, We may carry a Bible under our arms when we come to church, but we have forgotten God. And so when he says, remember, he says, never forget. The commandments had been spoken. They are to be kept so as to man may not have the opportunity to forget God. So that man in his own heart would not be lifted up and say, look at what I've done. Look at where I have arrived. Look at what my power has done. Forgetting God. So that word in Exodus 20, remember, remember. Remember what? As we continue the commandment, the Bible says, "Remember, notice the Sabbath day." Now, the word Sabbath—it's actually the, the, the Hebrew word. It's, it's the Hebrew word Shabbat. That's what the word means. It's—it's it's, it's really when you read Sabbath, that's a Hebrew word. Sabbath. Uh, what does it mean? The—the uh, the really the word itself means to rest. It means to leave off doing something. It, it means, the idea of the Sabbath means to bring something to an end, or, or even to commemorate or to celebrate something. It also refers, the idea of the Sabbath refers to, there needs to be a period of change, like an intermission or an interval. Uh, in other words, the Sabbath ought to be thought in the mind's of the, of the children of Israel, as we need a pause in our lives. We need an interruption. We need to set ourselves apart to focus on something that we typically do not focus on. Remember the Sabbath day. And so, uh, by the way, it does not necessarily mean in the sense of, uh, in the word rest, although the word means rest in the physical sense. Now, although it is true that the Sabbath, typically by tradition, was a day when people would take naps, and they would not do any work, and they would sleep. That, that, that is certainly true. But the word means really to be refreshed. You see, in verse 11, notice what he says. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth The sea and all that in them is, and notice rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, notice when he speaks of rest here, he's referring back to the Lord. The Lord rested. Now, the word cannot strictly be used in reference to get physical rest, we can't use it that way. Why? Well, because the Lord Himself rested in the sense that He ceased from His work in the sense that he settled down, in the sense that he withdrew himself or that he remained quiet, in the sense that he was refreshed. If you turn with me to uh, chapter 31, when he refers back to the Sabbath in chapter 31, notice verse 17. Exodus 31, verse 17. It is a sign, he's talking about the Sabbath, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day He rested and was what? What's the word? Refreshed. God was refreshed. So what I'm saying here is that God, by the way, does not need to rest in the sense that He is tired. Uh, Psalm 121 verse 3 says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that, uh, he that kept thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Here's the fact about God. God needs no sleep. God is not tired. God does not need to sleep because of all the work of creation. Let me remind you that He spoke the world into existence. He's the Almighty God. It is absolutely nothing to get to God. It doesn't uh, expend, expend any of His energy when He created the universe. Why? Because His power is infinite. God, the point is, does not need to rest. And so when we think about the Sabbath day, we are not just to think, oh, it's a time when we get physical rest or that they were supposed to get physical rest. No, because God rested and was refreshed. In other words, he ceased from doing something. He settled down. He withdrew himself. He remained quiet. The Bible says he was refreshed. And so it is to be understood, the Sabbath is to be understood, as a day of rest from our normal labor. Just as God stopped creating, not because He was tired, but because He was done. We lay aside... Our ordinary affairs. And we lift up our eyes above the hustle and the bustle of the created things, and we focus on the Creator. You see, Jesus taught on the Sabbath because the Sabbath had been perverted. If you turn with me to Mark, let's just look at that one reference in Mark chapter 2. Turn with me in the New Testament, Mark chapter 2. And verse, uh, tw- let's begin reading verse 23. Mark two twenty-three. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisee said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Now let me just say, there is no command in the Old Testament not to pluck ears of corn on the Sabbath. So when they say it is not lawful, they're talking about the rules that they have added. They made, remember, they made the law of God of none effect. That's what Jesus says, by their rules, by, their, by the traditions of men. So, verse 24, And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Verse 25, And he said unto them, Have ye never read what David did? I love when Jesus does that. Mm-hmm. Did, didn't you read what the Old Testament says? When he had need and was hunger,ed he and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat of the shoe bread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. Uh, now, we, we know this account, and, and we know that uh, only the priest was to be consuming the, the shoe bread and and so forth. Verse 27, here's... Jesus trying to teach them about the spirit of the law. He said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Oh, what a statement. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. You see, Jesus is our Sabbath. But the point you see what He makes about the Sabbath, He says, here is one statement that establishes the spirit of the Sabbath. What is it that the Sabbath was made for man? God instituted the Sabbath for the benefit of man. Not for a hindrance. Not so that if He did anything, He was to be killed. It was made for man. And not man for the Sabbath. They had it completely wrong. They had it reversed. It was the opposite of what was intended by the commandment. They were completely ignorant of the spirit of the law. And so the Sabbath was instituted to be a benefit to man. The Sabbath was not instituted for man to benefit the Sabbath. The Sabbath was instituted for the benefit of man. So he says, remember the Sabbath day. Don't forget Don't let it wander away from your heart. Don't let it wander away from your heart. You have to purposely in your life set time apart and recognize the Creator. Cease from all other activity and focus on God because your tendency is to forget God. Notice what he adds to this. He doesn't just say, remember the Sabbath day. He says, notice, to keep it holy. We've been uh, preaching through the book of Proverbs, and I've been on it for several years. I was going through the book of Proverbs, and we have that word keep. Keeps coming back. Keeps coming back. <laughs> through the book of Proverbs. And I've made a statement every time about what the word means. The word keep, again, is the same way here. It carries a deeper meaning than we may assign to it today. If we have an appointment with the dentist, we may not go to the dentist and we may not keep that appointment. In the sense, why well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to keep that appointment. But really, the word keep here means literally to hedge about. It means to... Protect it to guard it. Now, so notice here, he says, remember the Sabbath day, but that's not enough. You have now, you have to keep it. You have to put a hedge about it. You have to protect this day. You have to guard it. Uh, We might think about the book of Proverbs when it says, keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. What does he say? Hedge about your heart. Be very careful. Guard your heart. Protect your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So make sure that you keep your heart right and and protect your heart. The same way as for the Sabbath. The Sabbath day for the children of Israel was to be protected and guarded vigorously. Keep it what? Here's the next word. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it. How? How are we supposed to guard and protect it? Uh, what is the protection about? He says, keep it holy. Keep it holy. The word holy basically uh, would mean here uh, keep it clean. Uh, keep it concentrate, consecrated. Keep it, keep that day special, keep that day given to God. You see, the day was to be set apart from all other days. Uh, We may share spiritual activity with secular activities during our days, the the days of the week, the children of Israel. uh, They would work uh, Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and they might be involved in some uh, spiritual activity, but they would mostly be involved in, in secular activity. But on the Sabbath, uh, the spiritual activity could not be shared with secular activity. In other words, there was no concourse. You're going to, he says repeatedly, you're going to cease from everything else. You have to keep it holy. Deuteronomy 5.12, he says, keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. And so we must beware lest the Lord's day, or the Sabbath day here, become, in a sense, the rubbish bin day of the week where we are the least alert, the least fervent, and the least responsive. Uh, Right? I mean, when we think about the Sabbath day, was it that the, the Sabbath day that was for God, separate for God, that they work tirelessly every day of the week, and then they come to Sabbath, and they say, oh, we're so tired from the day of the week that we don't have any more energy, and so they may congregate together, and they just fall asleep. It's not important. Is it, is it just a day? Is the day just to get physical rest? There is benefit in physical rest. There's benefit in sleeping. But that's not what the Sabbath is about. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it, the day itself, holy, consecrated to God. The Bible says, by the way, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. You see, God attached to the Sabbath day a special blessing that if they would remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, that God would give the children of Israel, if they did it from the heart, a special blessing that God intended them to receive on that day. You see, the rest is not, okay, cease from all activity altogether. No, cease from secular activity and focus on the activity towards God. Towards God. You see, the Lord made the Sabbath day a day of spiritual benefit unlike any other day. The book of Isaiah, he reiterates that in Isaiah 58, verse 13. He says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor Him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. Let's all turn there. This isn't really important. Go with me to Isaiah 58. Let's all look at it. Uh, We we, we capture here the, the spirit that was intended by this fourth commandment. Notice Isaiah 58 Notice verse 13. He says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Now notice, how, how, how would they turn from the Sabbath? By doing their pleasure on God's day. Their pleasure. Oh, the Sabbath day? Yippee! We can do what we want now. Oh, absolutely not. The day was not set apart for their pleasure. And call, notice, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God says, I intend for you to enjoy many wonderful blessings from this day. So turn from your pleasure, because I have a blessing for you. If you would just receive it. If you would just receive it. So the commandment is, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now let me make an application. And uh, what I want to do again is uh, to think about the spirit of the law. We can apply the first three commandments to, we've applied it to, to us as, as we worship the Lord in the sense. Um, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so it's to be God and Him exclusive. No other gods. It's not God first and then second something else and third something else. No, it's God and Him exclusively. That's how we ought to worship God. He says, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. And so let's not bring God down. And we we ought not to worship God uh, by our own imagination or our own construction or our own skill. Anything we do that represents God will give us a warped view of God. He is to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And we should not take the name of the Lord in vain and And so God ought to be highly esteemed. We ought not to come together and to worship God thoughtlessly. And so I believe that all of those things have to do with our relationship to God. And I believe that the spirit of the fourth commandment, the Sabbath day, is intended also for us to have some regard uh, that uh, although we do not observe as Old Testament Israel a Sabbath day and abide by all the rules that were instituted concerning the Sabbath, uh, that we, we still congregate together, we still worship God together, and we still set time apart for God. How should we look, then, upon the Lord's Day? Now, remember, there there is no rules in the sense of Old Testament Israel surrounding the Sabbath. There is no rule in the New Testament for the Lord's Day. We just see that they met on the first day of the week. Uh, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day in Revelation chapter 1. uh, We read... When it came to the Sabbath, Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 3, the Bible says, Six days shall shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, an holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. The word convocation here is a reference to a public meeting to being called out where the people of God would assemble themselves together, and they did so on the Sabbath day. They assembled themselves together. That's what it means by a convocation. And it is clear from the New Testament that the early church met on the first day of the week. It was called the Lord's Day. And so now we, here we are uh, several thousands of years later, and, and we still meet on the first day of the week, but we don't just meet on the first day of the week, we'll, we'll meet on Wednesdays. And by the way, sometimes we have special meetings. We may have a revival meeting or a Bible conference. We have at the end of this month a missions conference. And when we think about those days, uh, we, we, we have to have some idea about those days and how those days ought to be observed. In other words, we don't follow some rule and structure in the New Testament that says, "All right, here is when you need to have a service. How many times you need to have a service." By the way, you read in the Book of Acts. That they met daily, so we need to do some catching up. The point I'm saying is that whatever day is set apart, whatever time is set apart, God's people are to be greatly concerned for that. Jesus is interested in the church. Where do people assemble in the Old Testament? It was the nation of Israel, for the New Testament, it's the church that's where God's people assemble. That's the holy convocation where God's people assemble. So how should we look on the Lord's Day, or for that matter, any time that we come together in a convocation? I think that there are several things we need to have in mind if we're thinking about the spirit of the fourth commandment. The first thing that we note, I think, about this commandment, it's, it's about deliverance. It's about deliverance. Why do we meet together? Well, I think that there is a common thread because of all of us, as it was with the Sabbath. The Sabbath was instituted because God had delivered them from Egyptian bondage. Deuteronomy 5.15 says, And remember thou uh, that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath, You see, the idea of the commandment, the fourth commandment is they would meet together, they would have a holy convocation. Why? Because they've all been delivered. Now, we know that the nation of Israel is a nation, but their redemption was individual. What do I mean by that? Every household where the blood was sprinkled on the doorpost, the angel passed over. You know what that means? That if there was a family in Israel that did not have blood on the doorpost, that they would not have been redeemed. You see, this holy convocation of the Sabbath day was all about what? Deliverance. When we meet together, you know what the Lord's Day is all about? Deliverance. It's the day when God's people who have been delivered from the bondage of sin and death assembled themselves together. Why? Because we've been delivered. We've been delivered from bondage. And now we are free to worship God. It's about deliverance. Uh, this day also we might think of the Lord's day in terms of it's about separation. We read about this Sabbath day. The Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Bible tells us in Exodus 20 verse 11, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and He hallowed it. He, he made that day holy. In Exodus 31 14, ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. And the word holy is It's about separation. (laughs) why, Why do you prepare yourself to come on Sunday on the Lord's Day to separate yourself from the activities of the world and come to the house of God to assemble with the people of God because it's about separation. It's about setting ourselves apart and to have a time, a sacred time when we assemble ourselves in the sight of God. Now certainly we can have our time when we read the Bible, when we pray, and we can have personal devotion and personal worship. That is all true. But there is a mandate for God's people to come together. It's about separation. It's about deliverance. It's about separation. We might also say it's about priorities. As we think about the Sabbath day, He he told them, six days you were going to do all your work, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt not Do any work. What is he saying? It's about priority. The the time for God ought to be a priority of your life. Now, for the children of Israel, it would be weekly. Every Sabbath, for them, it was every single Saturday. They would organize their lives. You see, many of them uh, were farmers. They would farm. And guess what? They did absolutely no work on Saturday. You know what that means? That they had to organize their life. They had to prioritize their life around the Lord's Day. They had to prioritize their life for God. In other words, the Sabbath was about what? Order your life. So that God is a priority. I know that sometimes we may have a meeting at the church and sometimes some person, let's say we have a missions conference coming and we'll meet Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. And sometimes some people can't come to a meeting like that and and they're working and that's understandable. But let me just be very clear here and, and understand this comes from a heart of love for you But if your sentiment is, well, you know what, I'll just stay home, it's not that important, then there is something wrong with your heart. If you rather be somewhere else doing something else than to be with the people of God to have an emphasis on what God has emphasized in the New Testament with regards to the missions conference, that we have to, isn't that what the spirit of the Sabbath is about? Order your life, prioritize your life around the time for God. Again, there is no commandment on when what time to meet in the New Testament. There's no rule, there's no regulation. But Hebrews tells us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. The admonition for the New Testament is whenever the church congregates together, don't forsake the assembling of God's people. It ought to be a priority in our lives. And so, again, I understand sometimes people may work and they may not be able to come to church and we may have special meetings all week and they may not be able to come. I understand that. But I'm saying is, if we have made no effort to make that a priority, then maybe God is being neglected in our lives. See, it's about deliverance. It's about separation. It's about priorities. But I think we might also say it's also about influence. When you look at this particular day in Exodus 20, verse 11, he says, In it thou shalt do, uh, not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter. So what is this day about? It's about influence. It's about the household. You see, we know it's about prioritizing, but then the children would ask, Well, Daddy, Mommy, why, well, why do we... Not do what we usually do on the other days. Why do we take the time to have this day set apart? Why do we do this? Why do you have this rule, Daddy and Mommy, that we cannot do any work? You see, this day was designed to be an influence on the next generation, that God was a priority in their lives. That God was worthy to separate ourselves from our normal activities of the world. That we would prioritize and organize our lives around the meeting of God's people. Why? Because we have been delivered and we want to influence the next generation. The next generation, they need to hear about God. And I know that there's all kinds of activities activities that can go on on on, on Sunday and during special meetings. And if we show our children that the priority is not God, that the priority is not the assembling of God's people, uh, then we might be teaching our children the wrong thing. You see, it's about influence. I think we might also say it's about Dependence. He says on this day thou shalt do not do any work. Any work. No work. You remember when they're about to enter into the promised land he says remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He gives the instruction why? Because he doesn't want them to forget God. And so they would have to set a time apart. Well look there's as a farmer there would always be work to do. There's always something to do. But they had to set a day apart and organize their life for that day to be set apart. Why? Because it was communicating that we depend on God. Uh, What I'm saying here is that they were to cease from all work activity. God has ordained, by the way, God has ordained that man work. And if you're a Christian, wherever your employment is, you ought to be the hardest worker And so we know the Bible says he that provides not for his own is worse than an infidel. And so work is good. Work is ordained of God. However, we are still to be dependent on God. And when we set our time apart, by the way, there's so many avenues now to make money. Say, now, you know, you could, if you have a car, you can, do Uber deliveries and, and DoorDash and all those things and Amazon. I mean, there's so many things to do. Say, so, well, I, I just got to make an extra uh, 10 bucks or an extra $100. And so I'm just not going to forsake church because I can make some extra money. And if we're not careful, we, we might communicate to ourselves that we're not dependent on God. God is not trustworthy. I need to do things myself. It is good for us to cease from work activity to focus on another activity, a spiritual activity. It's about dependence. But lastly, and most importantly, I think, that this commandment is is about the heart. You think about all those words. He says the first word is, remember. What is that about? It's about the heart. Remember the Sabbath day, and then he says, Keep it, keep it holy. You know, we think about when Jesus Christ instructed His disciples and He said, uh, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. That means make God's name holy. Now, when we pray, we're aware we cannot make God any holier than He already is. He, he's already perfectly holy. So when we pray, Hallowed be thy name. We're saying, God, I want you to be holy in my life. I want this to be personal for me. You see, when he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In other words, God ought to have a special place in our heart. We ought to organize our life, prioritize our life, think about the influence of the time for God and our dependence on God and our separation from the things of this world. Why? Because God is important and our heart needs God. It naturally, our heart naturally wonders and forgets God. And so we desperately need this commandment. So how should we look upon the Lord's day? This day, the first day of the week, why do we meet together? Because it's about the fact that we've been delivered. It's about us separating ourselves from the world and joining ourselves together in fellowship and in worship of God. It's about us prioritizing our lives. It's about us influencing our children in the next generation. It's about us being dependent upon God and it's about us keeping our hearts with all diligence. By the way, that's what God is after. He's after our hearts. How many of you would say, there was a time when I came to church, and I can remember my time. I just my thoughts were somewhere else, my heart was somewhere else. But then God spoke to me in a church meeting. And it's as if there was nobody else in the room. God spoke to me. How many of you would give testimony that that has been you? You've experienced that before. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You see, it's about the heart. The spirit of that fourth commandment. As we think about those first four commandments which regards our relationship with God, that it's about the importance and the priority of worship. In other words, God in our lives is to be essential. You know, by the way, two years ago when the pandemic came and they shut down the churches and it says, well, you can't meet or you can only have a certain amount of people, some people didn't really understand. Some people didn't really understand why we took a stand against that. You know why we took a stand? Because it's essential. It's absolutely essential and vital. It is part of our lives. To us, the gathering of God's people is much more valuable and important than the grocery store and the banks being opened. It is essential to our lives. That's what this command is about. God is to be the priority of our lives. Let us not forget God. God is to be worshipped consistently and He is to be worshipped seriously by His people. That is the spirit of the law.